welcome back, crime fanatics. This is Steph. And this is Kat. And today we have a mini episode for you. It's been a little bit since we put one out because of the holidays and everything. We've all been super busy with all of that, but now we're buckling down and getting back to what we want to do. Um, so Kat and I were just talking about the show on Netflix that she told me to watch a few episodes ago called Don't Fuck With Cats. And I hadn't watched it, and now I've watched it, and now all of you need to go watch it, because I got to the end and was like, what the fuck did I just watch? Precisely my reaction to that show. It was it was a roller coaster. But also- It's only three episodes, right? Yeah, it's, so episodes? it's like right around three hours. So it's a very yeah. short series, but- that is what you and I want to do. Oh my god, yeah. And if ever I go missing, guys, I would like you to find uh, Body Movin' and have her investigate where the fuck I am. Because <laughs> the, her... And John Green. Is, yeah, uh-huh. they're insane in the best possible way. Yeah, we need to like reach out to them. and <laughs> We probably should, yeah. Oh my god, if we could get them to come on the podcast. Oh... Now yeah, you- I, they probably have contracts with Netflix or something, but that would be amazing. I mean, even if it is to talk about, like, other cases. Yeah. So they probably other. have... Anything. If they want to come on and talk about cats, I'm cool with that, too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, speaking of cats, though, I didn't know that that was a rule, that you don't fuck with cats. Well, you know now. I know now. <laughs> but I also don't plan on doing what that kid did. Well, here's the thing, like, people go on the internet, and how many times have you seen, like, over the time that you've been, I mean, we basically grew up in our 20s with the internet being a huge social media thing, Mm -hmm. but how often have you gone on the internet and, like, people post funny cat videos, and it's, like, a cheer-me-up thing, and then this motherfucker comes along and just blows it out of the water and ruins it for everybody, so... I mean, I think that's where it comes from. Like, this is supposed to be happy time, not disgusting, morbid, like, ugh. And, like, so. I'm really glad that they didn't show. Oh, this, me too. Specifically, because I, would have, I wouldn't have been able to finish it. But, like, the point is, like, very well taken with everything that they do show on the... Yes. Yeah, guys, if you're worried about watching the... Um, documentaries, docuseries, because of not being able to handle, like, gruesome whatever, they don't show anything. Like, you know what happened, but they don't ever show you anything, like, for me at least, anything that's, like, gruesome or, like, over the top. So... Yeah, I would have never They tell you the story without it. Yeah. I I don't think I could have either, (laughs) to be honest. I don't know. Yeah. Not at all. Um, man, I don't... shout out to people who have migraines because <laughs> super side note, I had such a bad migraine today and I told Kat that I was going to have to have my boyfriend give me one of my, um, migraine injections tonight and those injections fucking suck. Like it goes like right in your leg, but you know how like an EpiPen is like, you can just set it against the leg and hit the button and it goes in. 
you have to like slam this pen against your leg. Oh. Yeah. And so like I've tried to do it to myself and I like slam it against my leg and I don't push the button and I end up standing there <laughs> for like 10 minutes like anticipating the burn that happens when the injection goes into your skin. So I always have Mike do it and I swear he gets a little bit of enjoyment out of stabbing <laughs> me with a needle. But um <laughs> Like, he came downstairs from getting ready for work tonight, and I brought in the little injection box, and he's like, oh, you need me to give you a shot? Here, go ahead and sit down. And I'm just like, you enjoy this a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> Have a seat. Dr. Michael take care of you. <laughs> so, super funny side note there. We had a, um, a doctor here in town that has the same exact name as my boyfriend. And I, Mike <laughs> always says, trust me, I'm a doctor. But I was like, no, no, you're not a doctor. <laughs> like, just because you have the same name doesn't make you qualified. I mean, technically, he has a PhD at the end of his name, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's man. so funny. All right. So I'm going to let Kat get into this since it is a mini. I don't want to talk your heads off all day about okay, the random so shit. we each chose and we discussed it a little bit in the episode we each chose someone local to us that is missing like a mysterious missing persons case that is unsolved in each of our areas now i asked in a forum who i should like for cases and someone sent me this one and as soon as i started climbing down the hole of this case i was like okay this is the one so the one the person I'm covering is the mysterious missing persons case of Erica Thompson. Erica Thompson is a 53-year-old woman who lives alone in Brookfield, Illinois, following a breakup after two years in a relationship. She last had contact with her family on Monday, September 23rd, 2019. So this is about four months ago now. Through an email with her sister... After the 25th, though, Wednesday, Erica never showed up at work and did not call in, which was out of character for her. So when her family went to check on her, they found that the back door to her house was unlocked. It was open. And upon entering the house, they noticed that the air conditioning was blasting, which is kind of unusual for the end of September in the Chicago area. But I'm not sure that it really means anything because it was a high of 70s during the like high 70s during the day, the week that she disappeared. So it just kind of depends on the person and whether or not that was unusual. Um, I know my husband would have had the AC on. I don't know about blasting. It did not say what temperature they had it at. So it's strange, but definitely doesn't necessarily mean anything. But they also found moldy dishes in the sink and cat puke all over the house which i think are bigger indicators since her family said she didn't live like that she kept her house pretty tidy so to have dirty dishes a sink full of dirty dishes and cat throw up in her house is definitely not par for the course for her now when there's no sign of erica the family makes a formal missing persons report on october 1st when her son called 911 the police are able to find her on local video surveillance on September 25th, which is that Wednesday, the last day she went to work. And she was driving her car 
at Veterans Circle in Brookfield, the town she lived in, which is basically a roundabout in the center. It has like in the center of the roundabout is a Veterans Memorial. For anybody who is listening that doesn't know what a roundabout is, because I didn't before I moved to where I currently live, (laughs) it's a traffic stop where you go in a circle to make a turn instead of, so basically you usually don't really have to stop. You just yield and get in the circle and get out. And it's a way of turning without having to stop. Roundabouts are the work of the devil. (laughs) We have one in our neighborhood, so. I fucking hate roundabouts. (laughs) So... Erica also made a deposit at her bank on the 25th. You know, we know on the 25th then that she was alive and well, running errands. She went to work that day. But there's nothing after that. Her family said she was pretty recluse. She didn't really leave her house much except for work and shopping. And her home has outdoor surveillance. She would think, perfect, we can find out what happened. But when that was checked, three days were conveniently missing. Someone deleted September 25th through the 27th. Erica's phone did ping a few days after she's believed to have gone missing in Missouri, which is strange. Her family also said she really didn't, wasn't one for travel. Like she's a homebody. She's basically like me. (laughs) So, crime fanatics, here are the details you're looking for. Erica is a white female. She's 53 years old, like I said. She was about five foot seven and about 130 pounds. She has blue eyes and medium blonde hair with a little bit of gray. She has fairies tattooed on her hip and a small blue heart on her foot. She was last seen on surveillance driving her... 2014 Nissan Juke, which is a pretty, it's a different looking type of SUV, so it's noticeable in my opinion. I agree. Plus it was a, yeah, it was a metallic purple in the sun. So during the day, I think that makes it even more like you would notice it. Um, at nighttime, it can appear to be like faded black or brown. And it's Illinois license plate number E27 space 3380. Now, Erica's car is still currently missing, but like we mentioned earlier, her cell phone pinged in Missouri, so it is possible that her car might also be somewhere in the area in Missouri. Police have not mentioned any persons of interest in her disappearance, but the entire investigation seems to have gone cold. The family is becoming understandably upset as the detectives have become out of touch as they move on to other cases. But Erica isn't just any case to those who love and miss her. Of course, we want a good outcome in this case. I hope that she'll show up at her sister or son's house and say she was on a soul searching journey. But doing what I do, I know that is more than likely after this amount of time, someone has done something to make it so that Erica isn't able to come home. And the family believes that someone who knew Erica is responsible for her disappearance. In either case, we just want to help the family get answers. So the Cook County Crime Stoppers is offering a $1,000 reward for any information that leads to locating Erica. If you have any information on her disappearance, please contact them. The phone number is 1-800-535-7867, or you can call the 
um, Brookfield Police Department. Um, and we will post the photos of Erica and her car on our Instagram and Twitter with the hashtag bringing home, bringing, bring Erica home. Um, because that's what the family has been using when they post things for her and trying to put everything together because then when put in that hashtag, everything that's been posted will come up. So you can climb down the rabbit hole that I did today. Um, <laughs> I hope all of our listeners will help us share this case and bring some new attention to it in hopes of getting the family a resolution. You could know something and not even realize it. So please check out the photos after the show. Steph, after hearing all the info, what is your first instinct on this case? It's got to be someone close to her. That was my thought as well. And knowing that she had had a recent breakup, Mm -hmm. kind of struck me um i feel like more often than not there is more often than not it's someone close to you if there's some foul play and knowing that she had just gone through a breakup after two years so i started kind of going down a rabbit hole trying to figure out who the boyfriend was and we cannot, I will not say that it was the boyfriend. I will not say that who he is because he has not even been labeled as a person of interest, as far as I'm aware, publicly by the police. But once I was able to figure out who he is, um, there were some definite alarming things Um, They had just broken up, and he is actually currently serving time in the Cook County prison for other unrelated crimes that he was arrested for in the end of October, so like a month later. And some of the, I mean, he basically has like a lifelong rap sheet in different states, which makes me very worried um, that there's foul play here as well. And I can understand why the family might think that there was someone that knew her had something to do with her disappearance yeah so usually though like nine times out of ten when someone disappears or goes missing or anything it's always someone close to the situation i agree and statistically that's true it's usually like that's why they always look at the husband first like Mm -hmm. because nine times out of ten well maybe not that high but like often It's the husband or the wife or somebody close to them in their life. It's somebody that knew them. So it is possible that she's out trying to find herself, but I think it's probably more likely that someone in her life may know more than they are letting on. Yeah. So somebody has to know something. Mm hmm. I agree. I mean, and that's why I was asking when we did the last episode um, and you covered Brian Schaefer, he, I was wondering, like, did he have pets? Like, that's one of my things where I feel like most pet owners, like she had cats that she loved and took care of. And if you're leaving, like if you're noping the fuck out of your life, you don't just leave your pets to starve to death in your house. You kennel them. You do something with them. You don't, I don't know. It seems to me finding the house with a sink full of dishes and her cats in the house still, the doors unlocked, the back doors unlocked, like 
it feels to me like either someone took her out of her house or she left her house to run an errand real quick and didn't come back because it doesn't feel like she was meaning to leave. Right. So, I mean, I don't even like going to bed on Sunday nights when I know that I work Monday through Thursday with dishes in the sink because I know yeah. during the week it's going to be hard for me to do them. I yeah, I just, there's just a lot that feels icky about this case and um i'm glad that somebody actually brought it to my attention because this is very close to me um and i honestly really didn't know about it so hopefully somebody listening will have some kind of information that they can share um and then we will be able to hopefully help the family get some kind of answers i mean it, regardless if it's good news or bad news at least they won't just be sitting wondering so if you have anything again please do contact crime stoppers um, the number for that is 1-800-535 uh, i lost it uh 7867 so 1-800-535-7867 or you can contact the um, Brookfield Police Department who's handling the case and their number is 708-244-4862 so with any information please contact one of them or even call 911 whichever gets you to be able to give them the information quicker so we can get some answers in this case now Steph is going to go ahead and share a local missing person by her. So this is the case of Tyler Davis. He went missing on February 24th, 2019 near the Hilton Hotel in Easton Town Center. And Easton is on the west side of Columbus. It's like a really richy part of Columbus. It's like a whole shopping center. Tyler and his wife, Brittany, came to Columbus from Wilmington, which is south of Columbus, to celebrate Brittany's birthday. They were out until 3 a.m., is what she said. Most child-free adults like to make the most of their time, so they went out to a few bars and then to a strip club. After they arrived back to the hotel, from their rideshare, Tyler had been asleep and when Brittany woke him up, he was disoriented and still very much drunk. They got out. Tyler decided he was going to go for a walk and sent Brittany and the friend that they had, you know, went up there with back to their room. Around 4 a.m. is the last time Brittany heard from her husband. He told her that he was walking in a wooded area but could see the hotel and would be back shortly. Forensics oh. tracked him close to the Abbott Nutrition Labs, which I'm not exactly sure where Abbott Nutrition is compared to Easton, um, but it's near the intersection of Steltzer Road and Morris Crossing, but he never made it back to the hotel. Tyler called Brittany back almost immediately after telling her he'd be back in a few minutes, but it was two minutes of silence. Brittany tried calling him back, but every time she did, it went straight to voicemail. Around 9.30 a.m. the next morning, Brittany reported Tyler missing. Police have conducted extensive searches, but to no avail. 
Columbus detective Jason Brammer is leading this investigation. If you have any tips or information, you can contact him at 614-645-4280. And they they have a small child. It's like a two-year-old child. Um, he His description is he's 5'10". He's about 170 pounds. He's 29. He's got brown eyes and brown hair. A large birthmark on his right arm, chest, and neck. Which, you know, so when we're something you'd notice, yeah. But going back to the smiley face theory, he was drinking. Is this one that's been brought up as a possibility? Not yet, but I mean, he's not even been missing a year yet. So I think for how long? It's not even been a year yet. Okay, but I feel like they usually find those within like months generally yeah right? generally but they never found brian well and we aren't saying 100 percent that he is one of the victims either but no. it's a possibility yeah it's a theory hmm it's just very strange it is i also am curious so they're out on a couple's night and they have one friend with them yeah it a male i guess or- it's a male female? friend of tyler's and he okay. lives in Columbus. So, like, they came up to Columbus mm-hmm. to, like, see him and hang out for Brittany's birthday. Okay. Hmm. All very strange. Yeah. But why would he very go Very sad when there's... At what time? At, like, 4 a.m. And by himself and he's drunk. Yeah. Hmm. It does. It does seem to fit the oddness of a uh, smiley face killer theory but yeah hmm is there a body of water nearby um there's like little creeks but I don't believe that there's any like major bodies of water okay hmm very interesting I'll have to look more into this one too this is probably one that'll have me down a rabbit hole for a while yeah, and actually, I heard, I don't know how much truth there is to this, but Easton had a gag order on Brittany, so she wasn't allowed to talk about it. And, you know, it happened last February. I didn't hear about it until, God, the end of July, I think, is when the news, oh. like, started reporting it. And Why would they have, like, they had a gag order on her for what? Because she was on Easton property passing out flyers, asking people if they saw him. And Easton, like I said, is a very rich, like, rich part of Columbus, like, shopping center-wise. I guess they just didn't want, you know, the bad publicity. Hmm. But I don't know how true it is about that gag order. So take that with a grain of salt. Hmm. Interesting. Well, again, guys, if you have any information, the thing is, is you could have seen something in so many of these cases and not even realize it until you see a picture of the person and say, hey, I remember that person. So, right. Definitely go check out the photos on Instagram and Twitter after this, either one. I'll post them on both. Hopefully we can help. Uh, I understand we're just armchair sleuths who climbed on reddit holes and such but we would obviously love to see any of any single one of these cases 
move forward and get some answers for families that are grieving for a lost loved one. So if I mean, you know anything, definitely contact authorities. What I, were you going to say? I, I would rather have a body than no body at all. 100%. Just at least you know what happened then. Yeah, I agree. I mean, obviously you want the best case scenario, but at the end of the day, I would just, if it was me, I would just want to know what the hell happened. Yeah. I couldn't, I, the, the not knowing would kill me. Yeah, me too. It kills me and they're, these people aren't even my own family members and it makes me insane to not know. Like the Stacey Peterson case that I covered yeah. last week to have it be so many years now past and I've been following this since it happened and to still have no idea where the hell she is it makes me insane I know it makes other people locally insane as well because I had a few people suggest that case um, when I had asked and so I know that for her family it's probably just unbearable to not know even though they know what happened to her but not to know where she is to have the closure I'm sure it's unbearable. So hopefully we are able to move some of these cases forward, even if it's just by getting light on it, just getting attention on it so that the police start giving a shit again. That would be, even if that's all that happens, that would be better than nothing. So Right, I agree. All right, guys. Well, we definitely are glad to have been able to finally throw in a new, a new mini. And I'm glad because I feel like we've strayed a little bit from this part of what we wanted to accomplish with this podcast so it makes me happy to be able to throw a little bit more of this in i will i think we'll probably try to get these in more often now or things along these lines even if it's not just missing a disappearance but unsolved murders and things um because my biggest goal starting the podcast was that true crime project was to actually move things forward for things that were unsolved so um yeah on a somber note (laughs) i hope everybody has a great rest of their week is there anything else other than obviously we always want you guys to go review us hit subscribe if you're on spotify um google play apple podcast anything else you wanted to add in stuff i think you covered it all all right guys well have a great rest of your week we will see you next time Bye, guys. Bye.